Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses are risen against me, and they bring out my lessons. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday after Trinity is from 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, and the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there, and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter sorry, from 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, 
All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was stand- while he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What's harder, praying or waiting? Perhaps on the surface level, that answer seems obvious, especially to us Americans who very much so like to get what we want when we want it and not a second later. It might seem like prayer is vastly easier than having to wait is. And yet, at the same time, prayer can often be incredibly difficult. And part of the reason for that is that we know that God already knows what we want. We know that God already has a plan to give us what we need. We know, in fact, that nothing that we could say would be anything that God doesn't already know. Anything that God hasn't already heard. And even more so than that, we know that The Spirit intercedes for us. 
that the Spirit, when we pray, will ensure that we are, in fact, praying for the right things. We know that Jesus, even now, is up in heaven, being our high priest and interceding for us with the Father on our behalf. Because of that, it can sometimes be hard for us to muster up the gumption to pray. Why should we? When God already knows all these things. And yet, of course, we do know that we should pray. We know that even we should seek to pray for the right things. And yet even that can be an obstacle to our prayers because sometimes it's a struggle for us to figure out what are the things that we actually should be praying for. And so while maybe praying might seem to be easier than waiting, perhaps it is waiting that's actually easier, even though it seems to be harder. Waiting can, in fact, be easier than we often imagine. For one thing, because there's really not anything else that we can do but wait. We certainly cannot force God to do anything quicker than he's going to do it. We can't force God or coerce him into answering our prayers any sooner than he's going to answer them. And perhaps now is a great example of this in our lives where many of the things that we sort of thought we had a handle on, that we sort of thought we were in control of, all of a sudden aren't. And so we must wait. You've all likely heard that you've got to be careful about praying to God to ask for patience because he might give you the opportunity to learn it. And while perhaps there is some truth to that, we should think about what we're praying to God for and what he will answer us. We also do recognize that patience is a good thing. And we can look around and see very clearly that God is right now giving us many opportunities to learn patience. Or to put it another way, to learn how to wait on the Lord. Our intro it for today is teaching us about praying and about waiting for the Lord. Here again, therefore, our intro it for today. And listen, as our Lord teaches us how to wait and pray. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. O you who have been my help, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. O you have been my help, forsake me not, O God of my salvation.
we have all been granted a great privilege in our prayers. This privilege that has been granted to us, not by anything that we did, but by the blood of the Lamb, our high priest. In Christ, we are able to approach God in heaven, the creator of the universe, and speak to him, make requests to him. And we get to do this anytime, anywhere, and can share anything. This is one of the great reasons that we should pray. Because, in fact, he does already know everything. There is nothing that you can tell him that he doesn't know, nothing that will shock him. Which means you can be completely open and honest with him in a way that you can be with no other. Because he already knows. And because he has already proven that he cares enough about you that he'll actually listen to you. This is why we can be confident. Because he's already done so much for us in the past. He's already sent his son to die for us. He's already raised his son in order to prove to us that we will one day be with him, that he actually wants us to be with him. He's already ensured that we were born into the richest country in the entire world, giving blessings that so many people can only dream of. He's given you parents who love you, people in your lives who care about you. He's given you a place that you can come and hear the truth that God cares about you, that He cares about you. A place where you can come and receive his very body and blood for the strengthening and nourishing of your soul. We most certainly have been granted a great privilege that we can come to this God who cares about us so much and expect him to hear us. And he will. And yet, despite that, we often become impatient with God. We often do not wait for the Lord. We often will let our own sinful desires, our own sinful will overtake us. And we'll figure that if God doesn't answer in the way that we want him to right away, then he's not going to answer at all. We allow the situation around us and our interpretation of it decide what God should do. Ultimately, we decide that we know better than God, that we know exactly how God should answer our prayers, and we get angry at him when he doesn't. We get angry at him because our impatience overcomes us. 
And while that is true, while we, in fact, think that we would be better gods than he is, while we break the first commandment against him, that we are, in fact, still free to be strong and to let our heart take courage. That, in fact, Jesus died on the cross for that very sin. That he died knowing that we did not deserve to come to our Lord in prayer. Knowing that we would abuse it, knowing that we wouldn't use it as we should. And yet knowing that he would still give us the opportunity to be strong and courageous. This is our God. Our God who gives us so many blessings we can scarcely imagine them. And who knows that we will likely abuse those blessings. Is still the one who came and died for you. In order to ensure that when you did make those mistakes, when you did allow your sin to overtake you, that you could have forgiveness for those sins. Our God, who is the giver of strength and courage, the very person who can give us the strength to overcome that sinful desire, give us the power through his word and sacrament to actually pray for the right things, and to actually be patient and wait for God, who will indeed answer our prayers, because he has promised to. He is the one who, while we wait for those answers, while we wait for him to fulfill his promises, has given us ways to be strengthened and to have courage implanted into our hearts. He gives us the very thing that we need in order to grasp onto those promises. The truth that the Lord is our light and salvation. And therefore, we have no one that we need to fear. You may have noticed that our intro for today is pulled from the very same psalm that last week's is pulled from. There is nothing that we need fear because our Lord is most powerful of all, and because our Lord chose to save us rather than to end us. And he even gave you the faith that he needs in order to grasp that truth. But then he wasn't done. Then he continued to give you more and more and more of his word. He continues to give you blessing after blessing after blessing knowing that we need them, that we need those blessings in order to get through this life that is full of sorrow and death and disease and unrest and whatever else you care to name. He gives us his word and his sacrament that we can abide in and dwell in, remain in, and trust that while we are in that that while we are in his means of grace, that we will therefore stand in his grace. Which means that we can trust that he will not give us up to the will of our adversaries. That no matter what is going on around us, nothing will be able to take you away from him. 
which means then that we can have a different perspective on those things around us. That we can see all of the evil in the world, all of the sin in the world, even that we can see the sin in ourselves, and we can see these things as obstacles and trials to test our faith and to strengthen ourselves in Christ. We can see all of the needs in the world and we can recognize them as opportunities to do good works, to share the love of Christ, the very same love that has been given to us. And we can do all of these things trusting in our Lord, being patient with him, knowing that he will continue to give us the strength and courage that we need to continue living in this world of darkness. Knowing that the day will come one day when he will prove the truth that he is the God of our salvation who will not forsake us. And he will come and take us from this world of sin and death darkness and take us to be with him in his kingdom of righteousness and life and light and we are free to wait for him free to trust that he will follow through on his promises and free to pray to him for all of our needs all of our wants knowing that he will hear and answer those prayers according to his will, and that he will give us exactly what we need to get through this life. Now, therefore, may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.